Hello, I'm Tom Wilkinson, and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast for intermediate to advanced level English learners. Thousands of Sri Lankans are protesting in the streets. The president is about to resign. The prime minister's house has been set on fire, and the country has run out of money. What is happening? Why is Sri Lanka in crisis? And what went wrong with the country's economy? On today's episode of Thinking in English, we're going to try to answer some of these questions. You can find the full transcript of today's episode for free on the Thinking in English blog. Head over to my Instagram page, Thinking in English Podcast, for more great content, and leave a like, rating, review, or follow wherever you are listening right now. Here is today's vocabulary list. As always, the written list is available in the description of the podcast and also on my blog, thinkinginenglish.blog. Turmoil. Turmoil. A state of confusion, uncertainty or disorder. As in, the whole region is in turmoil. Foreign exchange reserves. Foreign exchange reserves. This is the amount of money in foreign currencies that a country has at any particular time. For example, exporting more than you import is the best way of building foreign exchange reserves. Mismanagement. Mismanagement. The process of organizing or controlling something badly. For instance, two schools were shut down due to financial mismanagement. Remittance. Remittance. Money that is sent by a foreign worker back to their own country. As in, immigrants sent 45 billion US dollars in remittances to Latin America last year. Domestic. Domestic. Relating to a person's own country. For example, you do not need a passport for domestic flights. To lease. To lease. To make a legal agreement by which money is paid to use land, a building, a vehicle, etc. for a period of time. Such as, our building lease expires in two weeks. To storm. To storm. To attack a place or building by entering suddenly in great numbers. The fortress was stormed by hundreds of soldiers. Bailout. Bailout. The act of helping a person or organisation that is in difficulty, usually by giving or lending money. For example, the bank asked the government for a bailout. As I'm writing this episode, there are currently thousands of Sri Lankans inside the country's presidential palace. Protesters are swimming in the president's swimming pool, walking through the palace halls, and crowds have surrounded the entire area. 
Sri Lankan President Gotabaya Rajapaksa, or Gota as he's commonly known, has announced that he will step down on July 13th. This podcast will be uploaded on July 13th, so you will know if that has actually taken place. The Prime Minister's residence was also set on fire and he has offered to resign as well. Why are so many Sri Lankans protesting? Why is the South Asian country in crisis? And what is currently happening? Well, today we are going to look at these questions. And at the same time, I will be introducing and explaining some of the most important vocabulary and phrases associated with this news story. Sri Lanka has been in economic, political and social turmoil for months. Prices for food are soaring, people cannot find fuel, and there are regular blackouts. Inflation is currently over 50%, meaning that the price of essential goods has risen rapidly. Buses, trains and ambulances have not been able to operate as Sri Lanka has run out of fuel. Last month, the Sri Lankan government banned all sales of petrol and diesel for non-essential vehicles to try and get public transport, health vehicles and food trucks back on the road. But in banning the sale of fuel, Sri Lanka has become the first country to do so since the 1970s oil crisis. Why doesn't Sri Lanka buy more fuel, you might be asking? Import some from abroad? Well, they've also run out of foreign exchange reserves. Foreign exchange reserves are basically the amount of foreign currency a country owns and are essential for trade. Most foreign exchange reserves are held in US dollars, but countries usually own euros, British pounds and Japanese yen as well. Countries keep foreign currencies so that in an economic crisis, or a situation in which their own currency devalues, they will still have some money available for emergencies. Sri Lanka, however, has almost completely run out of its foreign exchange reserves. So why is Sri Lanka having an economic crisis? Well, without foreign currency reserves, Sri Lanka is basically unable to buy anything from other countries. And in May, Sri Lanka failed to pay its foreign debt, the first time in the country's history, and a clear sign of severe economic problems. According to the Sri Lankan government, COVID-19 is to blame for the country's problems. Before the pandemic, Sri Lanka had a major tourist industry, welcoming thousands of visitors to the country every day who would bring with them their valuable foreign money. Tourism was one of Sri Lanka's biggest sources of foreign currency, and with international travel significantly more difficult and less common in recent years, Sri Lanka has less money. Moreover, a series of bombings, attacks in 2019, had already contributed to a reduction in visitors. However, that is what the government has blamed for economic problems. Experts from international organisations and other countries see things a little differently. They accuse Sri Lanka of economic mismanagement. First, Sri Lanka has struggled with 
balancing its payments since the 1950s. The country imports far more than they export. They buy more from other countries than they sell to other countries. And this means that they have relied on tourism, remittances and borrowing to bridge the gap, to make sure they have enough money. Then, in 2009, just after a long and bloody civil war came to the end, Sri Lanka chose an economic policy which focused on providing resources and goods for the domestic market instead of international markets. Now, this might sound like a great idea, you know, using your own country's products in your own country. But it meant that income from exports was still very low. And Sri Lanka also needed to import essential goods like fuel. So to give you a clearer picture, Sri Lanka imports $3 billion more things than it exports. It buys $3 billion US dollars worth of things more than it sells. Every year, the country's foreign exchange reserves would get lower and lower. In December 2019, they had 7.6 billion US dollars in foreign currencies. But by March 2020, that had fallen to $1.93 billion. And recently, it was announced that they had under $50 million left. You would think that a country with such financial problems would probably be spending less money. However, not Sri Lanka. Instead, the government engaged in massive infrastructure building projects. Amongst other plans, the country built the Hambantota Harbour and the Colombo Port City. Although they cost over 17 billion US dollars to build, the government promised that they would turn profitable and be a good investment. Most economists disagreed. They suggested that the projects were politically motivated instead of economically motivated. The Hambantota project, for example, was widely viewed as misguided, but it was located in the home region of the Rajapaksa family, the family of Sri Lanka's president. And, like the economists predicted, most of the infrastructure projects in Sri Lanka were unsuccessful. So, how did Sri Lanka pay for these projects? You know, they definitely didn't have enough foreign exchange reserves to build them. So, where did they get that money from? Well, China. Sri Lanka has huge debts to many countries, but especially to China. And when Western banks and international organizations were unwilling to fund Sri Lanka's ports, China was willing to fund Sri Lanka's investment projects. And when those projects failed, China was able to take control of the ports. Sri Lanka leased 80% of the Hambantota Harbour to a Chinese company for 1.12 billion US dollars. And that should have helped the debt problems, right? Well, not quite. The government took that money, took the 1 billion dollars, and they added it to foreign reserves and paid off unrelated debt instead of using the money to pay off the debt on the projects. 
and they only leased China the project, meaning that Sri Lanka still technically owns the harbour and technically owns all of the debt. President Gotabaya Rajapaksa was elected in 2019, but the Rajapaksa family has dominated Sri Lanka politics for around 20 years. Mahinda Rajapaksa became the president in 2005, and his younger brother Gota replaced him in 2019. Other members of the Rajapaksa family have been appointed to senior political positions as well. After being elected in 2019, Gota decided to cut taxes. Not just a little tax cut, but a major tax cut. It has been estimated that the government has lost around 1.4 billion US dollars a year due to tax cuts. As the foreign currency shortage became more and more serious, President Gota wanted a way to reduce imports from foreign countries. It makes sense, right? If you are spending too much money on importing things, reducing imports is one method to help. After looking at a few different options, the government decided to ban imports of chemical fertilizers. These are the chemicals used to help crops grow and were generally bought from overseas. After banning the import of chemical fertilizers, the government told farmers to use local and organic fertilizers instead. But what was wrong with this? Organic is great, right? Well, they don't work as well. There was a widespread crop failure in Sri Lanka. The country didn't have enough food and had to buy food from abroad. So by banning imports of chemical fertilizers, Sri Lanka ran out of food and then had to buy food from other countries, making its currency shortages and economic problems even worse. The fertilizer ban also damaged tea and rubber exports, again hurting the balance between exports and imports. As you can see, Sri Lanka's economy is in a terrible situation. There are fuel shortages because they cannot buy things from, over, from overseas, high food prices because of the fertilizer bans and uh, failed crops, power blackouts are common because the power plants don't have enough fuel to run, and government policies have not been helping. Schools are closed, and medicine cannot be imported from overseas. The government has almost completely run out of cash. And, as you would expect, the Sri Lankan people are not happy. The economic crisis started as a series of protests that began in late March and resulted in the storming of the presidential palace last week. Thousands of protesters took to the streets, entered the palace, and staged demonstrations across the country. The protesters blamed the crisis on the government's economic and financial mismanagement. President Rajapaksa announced he would be stepping down on July 13th, but protesters have refused to leave the palace until they see an actual change in government. The next president is supposed to be decided on July 20th. While the Rajapaksa family have largely controlled Sri Lanka since the 2000s, the current situation has made them incredibly unpopular. 
anger has only increased as protesters entered the homes and residence of residences of the Rajapaksa family. The president and other senior politicians lived highly luxurious lives, even with millions of Sri Lankans struggling to find food, pay bills or work. So, what is next for Sri Lanka? Well, there is no quick fix for the country's economic problems. It will take weeks, even months, before food and fuel supplies are back to normal. If the International Monetary Fund, IMF, decides against helping Sri Lanka, it could take even longer. Opposition political parties have been holding talks in order to form a new government. In theory, as both the President and Prime Minister are resigning, the Speaker of Parliament should become the interim President, according to the Sri Lankan constitution. However, there is too much turmoil right now to predict the long-term future of the government. The IMF is discussing a bailout of the country, but they are demanding major economic reforms, such as tax increases, before they lend any money. The World Bank has lent $600 million, India has promised $1.9 billion and potentially another $1.5 billion for imports, and the G7 have said that they will help with debt relief. The country is also looking at privatising the national airline and has asked Russia and Qatar for low-priced oil supplies. They are also trying to renegotiate their debt with China, one of the country's biggest debtors. However, Sri Lanka will still have many obstacles and challenges in its road to economic and political recovery. Sri Lanka still has 50 billion US dollars in foreign debt. This year, and for the foreseeable future, they are required to pay back about 7 billion dollars. A difficult task when the country only has a few million dollars left in the bank. So here is today's final thought. On today's episode of Thinking in English, I have tried to explain the reasons behind Sri Lanka's economic crisis. Thousands of Sri Lankans are protesting in the streets, demanding the resignation of their leaders and suffering from a broken economy. While the government blames the ongoing pandemic for a reduction in tourists, the truth seems to be that the economy has been badly managed for years. A lack of exports, wasteful infrastructure projects, and poor decision-making by the government has effectively bankrupted the country. It is difficult to see a quick recovery for Sri Lanka. Without major economic reforms, tax increases, and international help, it is likely problems will continue for years. For the thousands of Sri Lankans protesting on the streets, food and fuel are of course the biggest concerns right now. But overall, the economy requires much more help. What do you think? How can Sri Lanka fix its economy? Has your country ever experienced a crisis like Sri Lanka? 
Let us know in the comments on the Thinking in English blog, the comments on Spotify, or send me a message on Instagram. While you're over on Instagram, why not follow Thinking in English? Follow the Thinking in English podcast. Uh, leave a like, a rating, a follow, a review, wherever you are listening right now. Uh, we're over 1.2 thousand uh, ratings on Spotify. Let's try to get to 1.5 thousand, uh, 1,500 ratings. Uh, that's my next goal. Um, if you'd like to donate to me, donate to Thinking in English, uh, you can do. Um, the, there's a link in the description or you can head over to the Thinking in English blog. Uh, as some of you might know, I don't make any money from doing this podcast. Uh, zero. Uh, so far, maybe I've had 200, 300 pounds in donations in two years. So I don't make any money. I do this because I really enjoy doing it. Uh, but if you'd like to donate to me and help support me, help pay for some of the newspaper subscriptions that I uh, I sign up for, um, yeah, please do. And well, thank you for listening. I really, we've had so much support recently. So many new people listening, people from all of these different countries around the world. I'm really, really grateful. So thank you and have a great, have a great day.